0: you're listening to the treasuring christ church podcast at tcc we believe that church isn't just like a family but it is a family we hope you're encouraged by listening to god's word today but we would love to see you on sundays at 10 30. for more information check us out online at tccannarbor.com all right guys so um, mike's actually teaching today for us i uh, just wanted to kind of give a bit of a summary of kind of what we're going to be talking through so we're going to be working through... Did you, you didn't bring the book, did you? The little one? Yeah. Um, we're going to be working through this book right here. Um, and I show this to you purposely because I would highly recommend you adding it to your library if you have a library of any sort. Um, if you can't afford it, happy for us to find a way to get it in your hands. Um, the reason I say all that is simply put, um, Wayne Grudem wrote this huge what they call in most theological circles Big Grudem, and then there's also a baby Grudem. <laughs> Unless you really like to read theology, the likelihood of you sitting down and reading this cover to cover is probably not going to happen. Um, but, what he and his son did is they put together this book, and in essence what what they've kind of done is they've boiled down what they would consider to be uh, the 20 most basic uh, important beliefs of Christianity. And they've written it in such a way that you don't need or likely want a seminary degree to work through it um, so he's he sought to write in a way that it's readable so you can read these chapters literally and not be super overwhelmed um, it has discussion questions it has a lot of practical you know stuff in there to apply to your life and why it matters and so um, you know in short it's it's a he kind of summed up his big book into a much smaller readable, lay member, lay leader, um, you know, conversational dialogue book. There's also a study guide that's helpful. Maybe one day we'll do it in a smarter setting. I don't know. But I think you'll find this not just informative around theology. You also find it very uh, practical for your life. Um, And hopefully it brings up some good conversation and discussion. Um, And so, I won't lay out the entire schedule, but Mike's going to start with the Word today, and so you'll work through all kinds of things, and this is my hook. So we're going to do six weeks. We will take a break for Thanksgiving. We'll do six weeks, then we'll take a break, and we'll do part two in the new year. So we won't go 12 straight weeks. You know, we do realize holidays are coming, and and people travel, Uh, but we'll cover all kinds of things, like the Word of God and its authority in our life, the characteristics of God, the importance of prayer. We'll talk through angels. We'll talk through creation. We'll talk through... What the purpose of the church is, what will happen when Christ returns, which will include the various, you know, conversation pieces around what happens, you know, uh, pre-trip, post-trip, etc. I'm going to let Mike handle that one. Um, You know, we'll talk about heaven, what heaven is like. There will be some spiritual warfare conversation around some demonology, those kind of things. So I'm, I'm I'm trying to perk your interest here because there are likely some topics that you have been interested in, you've heard some on, but you probably don't know a lot about. Like, for instance, um, all angels in the scriptures are uh, male. They're not female. So that's just one of those, like, as you look out into the world, what is an angel typically um, you know, uh, shown as? Is, is a female in a dress, right? So um, that doesn't have major application to your life. But I'm just saying, we are going to walk through what the Bible says about a lot of these things that you have probably thought through Um, or at least considered and not done at times. So um, let me do this. Let me pray, and then I'm going to hand the mic over to Mike, um, and uh, we'll jump in. Gracious God, thank you, Lord, for all of those that have, uh, Lord, come today, even after a late night with maybe some Michigan football or uh, chili um, cook-offs and, Lord, just everything that's going on in our lives. When we think of even the soldier that's being informed this morning that Eric has to be a part of. Um, uh, The family is being notified that he has passed. Lord, I pray for that situation. So, Lord, thank you for believers in our church being involved in uh, various aspects of our community. So, but I'm just grateful for those that have prioritized this, and uh, Lord, that have woken up and come. I pray that this would not only be encouraging to us and, Lord, helpful to us in our love for you, Father, uh, but most of all, that it would be honoring to you. Uh, We love you. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.
1: Thanks, Chris. Yeah, uh, the schedule specifically that I put on these sheets too at the top. So if you're curious what the next doctrine is, we'll be studying, you can see that there. Um, in addition to this book that Chris mentioned, that we're going to be mostly focusing on, uh, and the beliefs in it is Concise Theology. That's up there too, a guide to historic Christian beliefs by J.I. Packer. So first, I wanted to just ask the question: What are doctrines? Uh, how would you define them? The foundational truth. The Bible. foundational truth of the Bible, yep. Any other thoughts? I was going to say the core beliefs, but basically the same thing. Core beliefs, yep. Yeah, uh, if you have a pen, I, I put some blanks. Thank, this is thanks to Eric uh, Leves when he taught. Uh, I thought it was a really good teaching method. So uh, if you're following along, a doctrine is is what the whole Bible, you know, not just a specific book of the Bible, but the entire Bible teaches us today about some particular topic. Uh, this is a little different than biblical theology, which is what we went through in the past, right? Uh, we went through the storyline of scripture. That's that's looking at the historical development of a specific passage or book in the whole context of the Bible. Uh, systematic theology is different than biblical theology. Uh, it tries to summarize uh, these topics like what does the Bible say about prayer and look at the whole Bible and what it says about that. And it summarizes it in a brief and understandable way for us today. Um, so why is this important? I think before we jump into all these doctrines, we should really ground ourselves. Why why should we not just uh, go, you know, book by book or passage by passage? What's the What's the benefit or of understanding the basic Christian beliefs uh, for Christians as well? Why should we summarize it? What do you guys think? What are some benefits to that? Kind of getting more of the breadth versus just the depth.
2: Man, <coughs> our beliefs really shape. How we live, um, what we think about the world around us, so to have a comprehensive view of the topic. It's really helpful um, as we try to navigate life in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the third bullet point I have here. It helps us apply scripture, right? And mature in Christ, how we live. Like Michael said in like Ephesians four, it talks about just maturing in Christ. We don't want to be tossed by the waves of the sea. Right? We want to be solid and founded on, on, on the rock on Christ. Any other thoughts? How that helps us, Take a more comprehensive look at scripture. Kind of along the same lines. I had a professor that would say stated belief plus
0: actual practice equals actual belief. Mm-hmm. And so, like, your practice is important, but your practice mm-hmm. is underpinned by what you believe. So, kind of what Mike was saying, it's always a helpful equation for me when I think about it along the way, you know. yeah.
1: If you got the wrong belief,
0: mm-hmm. what your actual belief is, is
1: Yeah, like our lives reflect what our hearts and our minds think and believe. Yeah, totally. Um, So it's important for us to, the second bullet point there, it helps us distinguish truth from error, right? And it overcomes our wrong ideas because we're naturally sinful human people, right? So we're prone to think selfishly or or not think the way God thinks. Uh, His thoughts are not our thoughts, right? But making sure uh, we're grounded in the full belief of what all of Scripture says, the whole Bible, it helps us. Uh, overcome those wrong ideas, correct them, and helps us live according to it. Uh, and then the first bullet point I really thought was really great. So we just talked about it in the sermon uh, was uh, Matthew 28, right? The Great Commission, um, and go therefore and make disciples of all nati- nations. And it says teaching them to obey mm-hmm. the whole all the whole commandments, right? Mm-hmm. So so for us it's important to know these beliefs because it's a means of obedience, not just one specific portion of scripture but the whole scripture all of scripture it fulfills the teaching part of the great commandment or the great commission sorry for us and for others right we teach ourselves but we also want to go out and teach others um so a key verse uh, well i guess before i go on to that key verse here um just two extremes to note, like uh, if you only think about small sections of the Bible, you can have too narrow a mind. you can miss the bigger bigger picture, the bigger story. Uh, but if you just look at the bigger story, just kind of thinking more like devotionals and everything, then you're kind of not giving proper place for the necessity and authority of Scripture, right? So you need to have that breadth, but you also need to have that depth. Uh, both are important. So so key passage uh, for us today that we're going to come back to often is, is this 2 Timothy 3. Uh, 15 through 17. Would someone mind reading that uh, that I have listed here? You have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in, Je- in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work.
2: Amen.
1: that's where thanks mm-hmm. train. So what is the Bible? How would you simply put it? The Bible is God's inerrant word. Inerrant word? That's good. I didn't put inerrant, but that that's a really good good one. one. Yeah. (laughs) Revealed words. So one of the big thing about, uh, you know, not just being God's words, is what He's revealed to us, right? God, our God is a God of revelation, uh, that's really uh, just shook me recently. Talking with non-Christians, right? They, uh, some I uh, talked to in our own family, just talk about how it's crazy to think that God could reveal Himself. Why would He reveal Himself? And we can never understand who God is, but but we have the Word of God, how God has actually revealed Himself, and He's actually spoken these words into existence to tell tell us about who He is. And I just wanted to tackle back around the last uh, Equip series we went through. We actually did a section uh, on God's Word, and it was important then as it is now to see it as a general principle, right? It's the Word incarnate, right? Jesus Christ. It's the evangel evangelical Word, the, the gospel message, right? That like Christ lived a sinless life, died the death we deserve to die, and conquered the enemy that we could not conquer, and came back to life, right? And it's the written Word. It's what we're talking about here, right? God's Word, God's revealed words. So it's important to say, what, what does the Bible say about itself, right? There's a lot that the Bible says. What does it say actually about itself? And uh, how does God think about his very words? And that's uh, summarized really in four key doctrinal points here for the word of God. It's, it's the authority of the Bible. It's the clarity of the Bible. It's the necessity of scripture and the sufficiency of scripture. So those, those four main areas is kind of a good way to summarize what the Bible says about itself. What does God say about his word? So first section, authority. Uh, Question just for everyone. Why is it important for the Bible to be the basis for our beliefs? I think in order to have a strong foundation as a believer, we need to have some kind of foundation. So it has to be in God's revealed words. Otherwise, it would just be Abstract and and we wouldn't all be able to know the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. If we were just like, oh, let's just pray and we'll just know, mm-hmm. it would be it wouldn't be concrete and the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. There needs to be a standard, right? <laughs> As an engineer, we need requirements yeah. specifications, like otherwise we're just talking and <laughs> <laughs> like who knows what's going to happen. Same well, with God's, God's word. My experience, um, we do it this way, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so.
2: The, to, to the point of, we, we either depend on our experience, mm-hmm. tradition, mm-hmm. our own reason, mm-hmm. um, or or some type of revealed, revealed truth, you know. Yeah. And uh, those other things aren't bad, you know, uh, but <clears throat> there has to be something that's the authority over them. mm mm-hmm. um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that doesn't change, right? Because yeah, all those are right. different, right? What's true for me, might be, some yeah. people think yeah. that's mm-hmm. true for mm-hmm. you is different, but right. truth, absolute truth, is true for everyone mm. at all times, yeah. not changing, right? Like I've It's interesting, Michael and I joke it's in the past of some of the hardest comments by people
0: are, well, you know, God told me, you know, it's like, you know, if you didn't have the word of God, because how do you argue with that? Yeah. Like, you know, like, but we know that if it's counter, to what the Scripture says, which is absolute truth. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. The Lord's not going to reveal to you to do something that is contrary to God's word. So it's this—it's this, mm-hmm. it's this uh, you know, equalizer. Mm-hmm. Of,
1: yeah. I don't know. So. And that's not to diminish the Spirit's leading in any way, right? Absolutely. But at the same time, God's word tells us all we need to know to live a godly mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what uh, uh, Grudem notes here is that all God's words. Uh, to disbelieve or to disobey them is to disbelieve or disobey God himself. It's, it's God's very word. So we're, how we handle God's word, how we look at God's word, why it's important to see it as the basis for our belief, because not doing so is, is a direct relationship, how we treat God. Um, let's turn to 2 Peter 3.16. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen this. When I first saw this in God's word, I was I was stunned, right? Like, how do we know that the New Testament is uh, scripture, right? Like Jesus was around when there was the Old Testament, when he had the old Torah and everything, right? And the old Torah, he had the Torah. How do we know that he affirms that the New Testament is also God's revealed word, right? And and we have that in in God's word here. In 2 Peter 3.16, um, it says... Uh, so Peter's talking about Paul. Our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these manners, matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. So you can see here, right, he's, he's, Paul, Peter is affirms Paul's writings are scripture right? It's, uh, it's pretty incredible to see uh, that he's referring to Paul's written word of scripture. Uh, and then also uh, we see it again. Paul does the same thing in 1 Timothy 5.18. He actually quotes an Old Testament uh, scripture from Deuteronomy, I believe Deuteronomy 29, and then he ties it also to uh, one of Luke's writings in, in the New Testament in the gospel. So, so Paul connects the Old and New Testament uh, both together as scripture as well. Uh, important to note, just a side note, too, is when you think about how is the Bible written, right? A lot of people have trouble understanding that these are God's words when humans wrote them, right? Which is, which is true, but as evangelical Christians, the belief is that not only did humans write them, they were inspired to write them, that they are God's words and they were written by human beings, right? Um, so how was the Bible written? There are many ways, as Hebrew 1 says. Uh, one, one says they're they like spoken directly to, a revelation right from God, like in Revelation 2 we see that. Uh, in the and Luke's uh, accounts, right? He notes that he interviewed and took an account uh, that he wrote down these words. And then, and uh, as John wrote and captured that the Holy Spirit reminded the disciples, right, after all these things had taken place. Uh, so, so again, the human words of the Bible are also God's very words. <laughs> And and so where does Scripture gain this authority, right? It almost seems like a circular argument, but Scripture gains its authority from itself. It is the foundation. It is the root. It is God himself, again, speaking his word to us, revealing himself to us. and they're more than just simply true words, just like you read a science book or something. They're truth itself, as we already talked, right? It's the absolute standard of truth, as John 17 notes, as Jesus says there. Um, now, it's important to note, too, right, that you know as we develop, science uh, like comes up with new discoveries, historically, and in science as well, so when those things come up, right, it'll never contradict scripture. Like, it might cause us to re-examine different interpretations, but it'll never contradict what scripture says. Um, and, And this also doesn't demand that the Bible tells us everything we could ever know about a subject. Right, like it's not going to tell us how I should engineer a building, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Necessarily, uh, but what it does do, it does tell us how. Um, we'll talk later. It does give us guidance to it, right? Uh, to how we should work, how we should live, how we should work according to God's will. And so again, the Bible does not, in its original form, affirm anything contrary to fact. The Bible is inerrant, right? As Morgan shared with us. Uh, so clarity is the next one. Uh, what are some, just just wanted to spitball discussion here about what are some topics the Bible speaks really clearly on, and what are some that are not so clear on? Any, any thoughts?
2: Salvation. Salvation, very clear,
1: right? <laughs> <A> little army. <laughs> That's a good one, a good example. Maybe not so good. <laughs> yeah, so so part of these uh, of this equipped class, we're going to go through the major doctrines, right? But there also are also a lot of minor doctrines that you could spend forever debating and talking about. But, um, but but what the important thing to note in all this is that scripture affirms that the Bible is written in a way that is understandable. For all Christians, sorry, that space there is not as wide enough to find understandable. But uh, if you if you look to Psalm uh, Psalm 19:7, right, the, it says, "The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple." We've got to remember, right, the disciples and a lot of the writers even of the, of the, of the Bible right, are ordinary people, uh, like you and me, right? Uh, a lot aren't like these scholars uh, that have PhDs, right? Uh, God's able to reveal to even the simple, the, uh, what is it, First Corinthians talks about, the weak things of this world, the shame, the wise, right? Uh, it's, it's confounding for many, but it's beautiful how God just uses any of us right, and speaks directly to us through his word uh, and makes it clear. Um, but it is important for us all to remember that right understanding requires time, right? It's not just going to come immediately, up, boom, I know, I know the Bible, right? It's going to take our time, it's going to take effort, and ultimately it's the help of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, I think, uh, I forgot which, uh, is a Psalm, maybe it's in Psalm 19 again. Just, just asking the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our heart. Right, like we need the Holy Spirit to understand this word, to rightly divide this word as we pray. So when we approach Scripture, always remembering that in order to have clarity, we need to make sure we're humbling ourselves underneath God's authority and asking Him for, the, asking the Holy Spirit to help open this up to us. And, and it's obedience, right? Um, it requires obedience as well to do what it says. And, and there's a lot that the Bible says, like even in Psalm 119, beautiful. If you want to just think about um, and understand, like understanding the Bible requires us you know to walk according to it right we're going to really understand it more the more we walk aligned in obedience to it um, and again understanding of scripture doesn't come all at once but it can increase over a lifetime right Psalm 1 2 talks about meditate on the word of the, on the law of God day and night like this is something we practice and, and revolve our lives around uh, what's also important to note like that obedience part uh, a right understanding of scripture is often more, the result of our spiritual condition than our intellectual ability. Not, not always, but most often than not, right? It's, are we having this heart posture of, of humility and dependence and desperation for God to open this up to us? Even, like, we, but at the same time, we have to remember, too, that there are a lot of times where, whether it's intellectual ability or giftings that God's given us, the disciples, too, misunderstood Jesus uh, at the time, right? They need to wait for that to be revealed to them later, as Matthew 15 uh, talks about. So, yeah, that's a little bit about uh, that the Bible, uh, the scripture uh, is is clear and it's understandable for all of us to read personally and and in our own ways uh, or in our own time. Now, necessity, we talked about why should we, you know, understand Christian beliefs, but why, and a little bit, why why we need scripture. Um, So I won't rehash that as much, um, but I will note, uh, like, these points say that the Christian life, Scripture is needed not only uh, to become a Christian, right, but to live as a Christian and to grow as a Mm -hmm. Christian. So the Christian life not only starts with the Bible, but also thrives through the Bible. Um, The passage in in Matthew 4 uh, that talks about that, uh, just the necessity uh, of God's Mm -hmm. word. right uh jesus quotes the old testament right man should not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god Uh, that that's what's going to help us thrive that's why we need scripture we need it to become christians we need it to live as christians and to grow as christians and it's uh our only source right as the standard of truth for all people at all times as that authority uh it's the source for clear and definitive statements about god's will right it tells us about who god is but it tells us about what his will is for our lives Uh, so we can know how to walk according to it. Uh, And just uh, like a theological um, thing, so when you think about how God's revealed himself, right, Uh, in Romans and Psalm 19, one talks about uh, the heavens declare the glory of God, right? We can know about God because of how he's revealed himself uh, generally in the world around us. But there's also special revelation, which is what the Bible is. Uh, so now that's kind of a difference in uh, the Bible being special revelation uh, to specific people and the general being, general revelation being to all, all people. Like, people are without excuse, right? We see God in his world all around us. Lastly, sufficiency of scripture. Um, so a question for everyone. Uh, will the Bible definitely answer every question we bring to it? Well, why or why not? You shaking your head morgan Did you say no well the way you said it <laughs> um i think there's some areas that we aren't privy to yet does that make sense mm-hmm. sorry if that's a weird statement but no. i just think some of it is unanswered for a reason mm-hmm. and it's just a trust we're supposed to trust that mm-hmm. the lord has the answer and he'll figure it out in the end and yeah. i mean he already
2: has it figured out but I don't think we're supposed to know
1: everything, um, and that's just part of our thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. those secret things belong to God, right? There's a lot that He hasn't still revealed to us, and, and in specific ways at specific times. Yeah. Uh, so in a way, yeah, I, I would agree. Like, I, it's not going to definitely answer every question, like God. What should I do with this situation or something? No, like, um, it it might not tell us exactly mm-hmm. which way, but it. I mean, it won't. Uh, it the middle point there right the bible might not directly answer every question we can think up like deuteronomy 29 notes uh but it will provide us with the guidance we need right back to the scripture passage Uh, That all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work, right? It'll equip us, just like we're trying in these classes to equip us, right? Scripture is going to equip us for every good work. So it is sufficient in that sense. and it is in scripture alone that we search for god's words to us and that that should be content we should be content with that right we don't want to add to scripture and we don't want to take away from scripture right uh scripture is sufficient uh in and of itself so we're not free to add to the commands of scripture and nothing is sin that is not forbidden right we're not to impose new laws on people that scripture doesn't say right like that you shouldn't say that you shouldn't you know as a a lot of the Bible talks about in Galatians, right? With the Judaizers, just how they were saying, you need to be circumcised, right? Or you need to eat these certain foods, right? That, that's not what the Bible tells us uh, as a whole, right? That nothing in sin, nothing is sin that is not forbidden. So, yeah, that's just a brief look at uh, what God says about his very words about the authority, the clarity, the necessity, and the sufficiency of Scripture. Um,
2: that's really all I have. Yeah. Questions? I was eating my pancakes. Can you go over the first, the second one there? Uh, I missed a lot of the blanks. Uh, at the beginning? It, it means a it means a, o-
1: of obedience. It's a means of obedience. Thank you.
2: Yeah, sure. And
1: can you, can you keep, keep going. going? Like, yeah, it Yeah, fulfills the teaching part of the Great Commission for us and others. And,
2: uh, I was really eating my pancakes. I missed keep going. Yeah. Yeah, it helps us
1: distinguish between uh, truth and error and overcomes our wrong ideas and then helps us apply
2: scripture and mature in Christ. Plus, I'm taking those for two minutes, so I don't want to give them off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, sure.
1: But any other questions? Uh, I mean, that's pretty much all we have. Uh,
2: I think what um, yep. we were talking to Chris yesterday at the men's thing about what, um, was what's your name now? Morgan. Morgan. He was talking about how he was trying to explain stuff to his daughter about With kids being such a young age, there's a lot of confusing things out there from man, woman, you know, different things like that. Kind of explain it, Um, trying to put in context. He's telling a story about a guy that went on a trip with his daughter. And she needed to get something up above. She couldn't get it. And I know I'm not explaining this right. But basically, she needed his help. And so he was saying, You're not ready to lift that just yet. So I will help you, kind of like God. I don't know if I'm saying right, but kind of basically waiting on God. Kind of what you're saying, that kind of made sense to me what she was saying. It's a good analogy. I'm not ready yet. You know, yeah. God will will let you know. So that was that was good. So, yeah, and he'll look like us up when, right, when yeah. we're at the right point. At the right point, grab something. I mean, like that. God will be there basically to help you lift whatever that is, or carry you, or take. Yeah, and it's a trust thing. Yeah, yeah it totally is. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, I exactly. want to know this. Why haven't I not? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what you're saying that, that the kid, the young kids have. Those questions that one want to learn, but there's a time and a place for it, Yeah. and it's God's timing, I guess. So. Yeah,
1: it's crazy the beautiful analogy that that is a yeah. father-child relationship, yeah. and our father. And yeah, they were and like just him and her,
2: kind of the way he explained it the story was tough. and she was asking questions, and she said, I need help with that. They kind of use that well. I'll help you here, but you know, kind of like God, we are God, we'll show self. You know? Yeah. So...
1: Yeah, we read this uh, really good book recently, just about. Um, it's called Just Do Something. Uh, we, we the pastors hand it out to like new college grads and stuff, but. Uh, it was really uh, mind blowing for me just to think about like, God's not in it to trick us, right? He's not like, you know, a lot of people talk about finding what the will of God is, right? Like, what is God's will for our lives? And there's different types of God's will. There's like God's sovereign will, like, He knows exactly what's going to happen every moment, everywhere, everyone. Um, but there's also God's revealed will, which we're talking about here, right? Like, God tells us how to live his holy, blameless lives, right? In obedience to His word. Um, but he's he's such a good father that he's not like oh I'm gonna like you got a big job decision I'm gonna like hide like what you should do right like sometimes he just wants to decide and just do something right and and there's not necessarily like a wrong door right it's more like he will, how we go through that decision how go we grow maybe, right? yeah how we turn to him and trust him that whatever we go through whatever decisions like you know granted there's wrong decisions obviously but uh, some things are indifferent you know and there's not necessarily like his will is that you need to do that or. Right? in terms of not sovereign will, but as, like, yeah. So, yeah, just something I took away from that book. Just just do something. We are going to say something? Oh, kind of in line with what you were just saying. Because, <clears throat> like, I've, like, for that question of whether God answers everything in the Bible, it's, like, if you, it's not, like, every job you're supposed to take or something isn't on there. And I've heard people say, like, they, Get a job opportunity, and it's better than the job they have. But they're like, God put me in the job I am here, so I'm not going to take this other job that is offered because I don't know if it's God's will. it's mm. Like, it's probably God's will if it got offered to you mm-hmm. and it's better. Right. Right. Close it, it's not... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have you guys heard of systematic theology before or taken any foray into it? It was all news to me. I'm taking some classes on it. and and, uh, Yeah, I was just really blown away. There's a lot of scripture that talks about just how important it is to guard our doctrine, to guard what we believe, right? Like We're going to come across a lot that are going to tempt us to think differently or think that this isn't authority and true, right? But uh, if we continue to guard this with our whole hearts, right, God is faithful and provide, provide for us. Yeah, thanks for being here. I know
2: we all have to move on, so that's all we have for today. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I'll end this in prayer.